And we're in the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel. A number of years ago, out in a, in a prep school out in California, they, um, they introduced a course entitled, The Bible is Literature. And the teacher uh, decided that he would give a little quiz to those who had enrolled in the class, it was an elective class, to see how much they knew about the Bible. Now this was a legitimate questionnaire, and these were legitimate answers, although they were somewhat astounding. For example, Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John wrote the Gospels. Adam and Eve were created from an apple. Sodom and Gomorrah were lovers. Ahab was Jezebel's donkey. And Golgotha was the name of the giant that slew the apostle David. Now, I'm telling you what, you got a several mistakes in that one. Now, I'm sure that you know more about the Bible than that. As a matter of fact, when we talk about tonight, when we discuss this 17th chapter, it's probably the most familiar story in all of biblical literature. You cut your teeth on the story of David and Goliath. But I want us to look at some things tonight that you may not have learned when you were a kid in Sunday school about this most familiar of all battles in the Old Testament. And I need to lay a little groundwork, first of all, to, to help us to understand that these two people who, were, uh, who in, were encountered here in this battle, uh, David and Goliath, really represent two forces. And you need to underline that in your thought. As a matter of fact, those who deny the, the uh, literal interpretation of the Bible, biblical um, iner inerrant uh, people, would say really this was not really battle, but it just represents the encounter of the two forces that existed in life, that exist in life. Well, I, I believe it was a literal battle, but that these two men represent two forces. One represents the giants that are in every life, giants that, def that seek to defeat us all and destroy our victory and take away that uh, fulfillment of life. And the other represents the forces that represent God and the resources that are available in Him. And these two men come face to face in that encounter. Now, I want you to look with me before we get too far on in chapter 16, verse 7, because that really lays the groundwork of everything we're going to talk about in the life of David. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, for God sees not as man sees. Now there are all kinds of giants that loom up in our lives that just seem to, their shadow seems to overwhelm us. And the, and the whole principle is, God says, don't look at those, the height of their appearance, the outward or external circumstances, because I see as man does not see. And the whole point is that God wants us to be able to face the giants of life, seeing them with his eyes as he sees them. Now, Goliath had all that which 
uh, would intimidate anybody. He had something that would impress or intimidate. But no matter what giant is, there is in your life, God is greater than that giant. Now that, we need to lay that groundwork. There are two main characters in this uh, episode, this story, as you know, David and Goliath. And there is a minor character by the name of Saul. And this battle takes place in the valley of Elah. The first 11 verses set the scene of the battleground, of the battle. Shows the battleground. Now, listen to me, uh, and I'll, I'll begin reading in verse 4 in just a moment. But I want to kind of set this scene for you in this valley of Elah. Now, I think sometimes that what we get, the, we get the idea, here these two men were face to face, you know, but they were actually separated about a mile. One was on one mountain and the other was on the other mountain. And, in, and there was this huge canyon. Those who, knew the, who know about the geography of that day and the Valley of, and the, and the valley of Elah uh, say that, the, that, that these mountaintops were separated by a canyon. It was about a mile uh, of distance between them. And there was this gradual slope of about a half mile that, that sloped down to a ravine, deep ravine, sloped down from the other side. And down in the base of that ravine was a little brook. There's where David selected the five stones he put in his pouch and would uh, uh, slay the, the giant with a moment as we look through this. But just kind of see that, that there is uh, a mountain, and, and uh, there are two mountains, and in between is this canyon of a mile separation and these, this slope that, that gradually moved down to this ravine. And on one side, the Philistines, on the other side, the armies of Israel. Now read with me verse 4, chapter 17. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, means nine feet, nine inches. He could have jumped center for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I, I, I started to, and I thought about getting one of my secretaries to make me a, you know, a, uh, kind of a cardboard uh, statue of nine feet, nine inches. And I thought, well, better not do that. So ask, but if you can picture in your mind a guy standing under a basketball goal with his head stuck up in the net. <laughs> now, that was Goliath. And, and I was sitting tonight, sitting in one of these rooms back here and, and just thinking, there was Lee standing up there talking and about two or three feet above him, you know, the, 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 the ceiling there, Goliath could not have stood in most of these Sunday school rooms erect. He was a huge man, of course. Now watch this. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, kind of a canvas undergarment, that was interlaced with bronze, with bronze and it said they weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze, 75, 200 pounds. And had on bronze, behind his neck was a, a, a javelin, a spear. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels. Now here was this guy, nine feet, nine inches tall. He had a, he had a javelin slung behind his neck 
and he had a spear like spear was a, was like iron was iron weighed 20 25 pounds pretty far he went before him ran before him now this has got to be the bravest guy in Philippians that you see in the pictures you know that slung over a guy's arm it was over nine feet nine inches uh, high and this arm quite a sight now look at verse eight. Why do you come out to draw up in battle array? Am I not? I saw this bumper sticker said, The University. But it's not an OU fan. Just pardon me. I'm just telling you what I saw. What that bumper sticker was saying. Was that, hey, they didn't need anybody else. Now watch this. And you, the servants that were lined up out there, Israel's army, were not servants of Saul. He said, Now choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. Come and fight me, you know. It's just throughout this challenge. And the Philistine came forward morning and evening. This man represents the forces that come against you in life before. And that is that the giants that come in line and again for 40 days, twice a day, they are joy if they just come once. But they don't, it's not that simple. They come... On the other side, now the scenario changes. On the other side, a little burg called Bethlehem. There's this house where a man, a little boy, have out on the sheep on the side of the hill, keeping sheep, except keeping kids here. They, you know, they don't know what you know intimidates us. Roasted grain, these ten loaves. I want you to run to the camp of your brothers, fighting with the Philistines. So David arose early. Samuel has already whispered in his ear, you're the king. He goes to the, to the place of the battle. Now, the, if, if you think the Bible, I can, now get this picture now. Forty days, these guys, all the, you know, the screaming and hollering you do in battle, but no fighting. And we talk a big talk, you know, in the battle, but there's a difference in shouting. And, 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 and about all that, that, that's, that's, that's out, it takes more than that. It's more involved in that. There's some fighting in it. Boy, that scared that giant to death, I can imagine. All these guys, they weren't going to do anything. Here's a man that's absolutely faithful to the little things. And I'm going to show you something. Let me tell you something. The giants have already won the Philistine from Gath named Goliath was coming up from and, and and I get from that that David is left all alone with Goliath, Philistine. And they're shouting to David, have you seen this man who is coming up? An incentive plan. Now, who, who was supposed to be fighting this battle? Say, this is what I'll do to him. So I, look, look at it with me. This is what I'm obvious that Saul threw her in. You know, I mean, he's, he's against to somebody who will fight his fight for him. Now, there's something I want to point out to you. And said, why do you come out to draw up battle? This bottom of the slope, at the end of the slope on his side, let your guy come down from his slope. And he is so arrogant and so confident. Now he's, if you allow the giants to, 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 to come in of us, about the only thing we, about all we can, th anytime, watch this, anytime a Christian takes a stand, he'll catch it from some, who is this cat? Who is this guy? Intimidate you? 
don't have any right to do that to the armies. The air, that, that insecurity, that doubt, men. And Eliab's, Eliab's anger burned and he didn't leave his sheep till he could see that somebody was in charge. Can I say something? Well, I wish God doesn't have to go out and look for you know, enemies to encounter. Giant. We don't have any enemies to fight outside the church. What now? He said, all I did was just ask a question, and then what, look at what he said, sit around fighting one another. I'm not going to do it. The, the scene was David and Goliath, and now it's David with this Philistine. That's David talking. Then Saul looked at David, as no man sees. And Saul was looking through the eye. Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. Killed him. And your servant has killed, he said, both lion and bear. And this is because God has empowered me to slay giants before. It's because what we remember are the defeats. Every, every life has a defeat. Because God gave me this power to slay bears and lions. And then and Saul clothed David with his garments. Okay, now look at here. Saul gives David blue alcender. What is his name? Kareem. He's, he's a imagination when you read the Bible. And that, his helmet probably just came right down. He drops it on David, you know, just boring. And, and David took them off and he stripped down to his jockey shorts or his Israeli shorts or people trying to tell me how they want me to live because they, you know, they want me to try to fit me into your mold. Don't try to fit other people in your armor. See, comfort me. Now watch this thrilling story unfold. If you're not with me yet, wait, get with me now. Your sword, you know, and all that good stuff, who gets the glory? Weakness, so God can get glory. That I stand before you in the name of the living God. And she trusts, trusting me, trusting me. And now I'm going to show the world. When the Philistine looked, he saw David. He, didn't, he, he, he disdained him for his... And also said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the swift haunted. I come in the name of God. Here's this giant standing before him, no fear at all. And the, you think he's intimidated? This day God's going to give you into my hands. Here's the clue to David's life. Here's the clue to the destruction of the... Of the and the battle is the Lord's. Circle it, put a star by. Then it happened. What history had been waiting for. What God slung it, struck the Philistine on his forehead, stone sank his forehead, so he... Now David gets up there and he's standing over, over looking over at that giant, you know, just like a big old tree, just crash down in the forest. He said, pardon me, sir, I'm going to borrow your sword. Man, I'm going to cut off your head. So he, he, got, he, got the, he got Goliath's sword. <laughs> he stood over there and cut off his head. And ran and stood over the Philistine, drew his sheath, killed, sword from his sheath, cut off his head. Philistine saw the champion was dead. Oh, I love it. When the Philistines saw the champion was dead. You know what? Oh, what the world needs to see. What the world needs to see. What the Philistines need to see. Is that the champions 
that oppose God are dead. What the world needs to see is that there are no giants that can intimidate us and defeat us. What the world needs to see is that when the battle is God's in our life, then the giants come down like gigantic trees. Does the world, when, they, when it looks at your life, know that the, that the giants are dead? It's a pretty heavy question. So you're overpowered by it. <laughs> and the sons of, and, and, and the men of Judah, Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the slain Philistines lay along the way to Sharim, even to Gath and Ekron. And the sons of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and plundered their camps. I mean, there's victory today for everybody in the army of God because one man had the faith to trust Him. Just one man. There be victory in the army of God, not when the army of God becomes faithful, but when one does. When one does. It's what spurred Dwight L. Moody. Heard the guy say, the world's not yet seen what can happen if one man's totally committed to God. He said, I'll be that man. One man. And David, verse 54, took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. And here's, what, here's an interesting little sidelight. He put his weapon in his tent. He took his sword that that Goliath had had, and he put it in his tent. I guess he had a trophy case there where he had all his track medals and his little league book trophies and stuff. He, he, he put this trophy, his sword in that trophy so that every time he passed by, remind him that the victory belongs to God. Four things in conclusion. You're looking for that one word now in conclusion. That's it. Four thoughts. Get these, please. Facing giants, facing giants is an intimidating experience. It is. Facing giants is an intimidating experience. Second, see, I, I've got them. Second, doing battle is a lonely experience. You've got to do it. No one can fight for you. Doing battle is a lonely experience. Now, there might be somebody who says to you, well, you shouldn't feel that way. You know, that's no big deal. But if it's a giant to you, it's a giant. Even though, by the way, you know, don't say that to people. You shouldn't feel that way. It's no big deal. If it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal. And nobody can fight the battle that you have to fight except you. It's an intimidating experience. It's a lonely experience. Third, here we come. Here's the kicker. Trusting God is a stabilizing experience. Trusting God is a stabilizing experience. I tell you, David didn't face the giant with jitters. And he didn't go into the battle with jitters because he was stabilized. He was made rock-like by his faith in God. It's a stabilizing experience. One last thought. Winning victories is a memorable experience. Winning victories 
is a memorable experience. Every now and then, I get out that film that we made several years ago, in which we put together that, and, 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 K, and Channel 10 had done that thing on, uh, on the state championship game. Y'all remember seeing that? Y'all do, don't you? Talk to me. Do you remember seeing that? And K-10 did about a five-minute deal called We Are the Champions. And it did, you know, and it picked up that song, We Are the Champions, my friend, and, and showed those things that went on, uh, some of the highlights of that state championship game in 1983 where the Durant Lions uh, became the state 3A champions and, and the giving of the trophy and all that. And sometimes I put that on. Todd was here the other day, and we put that on. Just look at it again. And I never see that. What I don't get, you know, the old goosebumps. We are the champions. There is something wonderful about victory. It's a memorable experience. And there's been some, there have been victories in your life and in this church and you know, and, and, and we need to remember them tonight to know that victory belongs to God. He's not a God who can be defeated. And I hope that somehow in this homily of that old story, you've learned some brand new things. I'll help you tomorrow. Let's pray together.